0: Do you want to make money and travel at the same time? Then stay right there, and we'll show you how to do it. The War Nomads Podcast bonus episode. Hear amazing nomads sharing
1: their knowledge, stories, and experience of war travel.
2: Hi, Kim and Phil, with you. And speaking of people sharing their knowledge, our amazing nomad this episode is Will Hatton, better known as the Broke Backpacker.
0: The Broke Backpacker is a travel blog about off the beaten path travel destinations and as its founder, Will Hatton is living the life of his dreams, earning money while he travels.
2: Yeah, in this episode, Will shares with us how he can passively earn money, thanks in part due to the affiliate partnership he has with World Nomads, among other companies, which you'll hear about. But let's kick off and learn more about his amazing journey.
1: It has been a pretty amazing journey so far. Uh, I first started travelling about 10 years ago and I was travelling with no money whatsoever. I was switch hiking everywhere, camping, sleeping rough, working on farms and things like that. It was a great, great experience, but now I'm I've kind of moved into a, a different stage. Uh, where I'm earning money online whilst I travel and I'm building a hostel in Bali. So there's a lot of exciting things happening, Kim.
0: What was the aha moment when you went, I can't do this on, you know, the smell of an oily rag anymore? What changed?
1: To be honest, I was perfectly happy with the way that I was traveling, but I met my wife about three years ago whilst hitchhiking across Iran. And uh, the couple of hundred bucks a month that I was making from my tiny, tiny blog blog, was not enough to sustain two people. So it just meant I had to change the game and learn how to actually build an online business which could make a passive income rather than, um, you know, having to sell my time for money, which which didn't seem like a sustainable choice. What is an affiliate? How does it work? So an affiliate is somebody who effectively helps make the connection between a customer and a company providing a product or a service. So the largest affiliate program in the world, the most famous one is the Amazon affiliate program. The way that works is you might be typing into Google, best coffee mug, and then you're going to land on my best coffee mugs reviewed site and I'm going to have broken it all down to you to choose the perfect coffee mug for you and then I'm going to direct you to Amazon where if you purchase anything from Amazon within the time period of the tracking cookie, which is normally 30 days, but with Amazon it's one day, I will get a commission kickback for facilitating that sale.
2: Do you ever get people that sort of say or suggest, oi, why should I be funding your trips?
1: Not really. I mean, so there's a lot of different. There's a lot of different ways to try and make money online, and there's a, there's a lot of different um, strategies out there. Um, my strategy is to answer questions that people are typing into Google. Right, so look, people are putting in these search queries, and I'm providing the most informative answer, which is why I'm at the. Uh, I mean, I'm in the top position on the front page for most of these search queries. And I'm fine with that approach um, versus, for example, Facebook ads or pop-ups or something that's a lot more obtrusive to somebody who's on the internet. I think that is when people can quite naturally get a bit pissed that they are being served all of these um, sales materials at all times. And we're we're a lot more subtle than that. We're like, hey, here's a load of information, and if you want to buy insurance, if you want to book a hostel bed, if you want to pick up a hammock for your camping trip, these are the ones we recommend.
0: There is a skill involved in this in some way or, or other, I imagine. Do, we, do you have to go down that whole SEO keyword rabbit hole or do you think this is something that anybody can pick up and, and, and do the same as you?
1: So I think there's definitely a lot of different ways to do this. But at the end of the day, if you don't have traffic, so you know people landing on your web page, You haven't really got anything. I'm a pure SEO. I don't do anything on social media. It doesn't really interest me. Don't do anything with Google Ads. Do very, very little with email marketing. Um, SEO can seem like a very intimidating rabbit hole, but it's actually a lot easier than – well, it's not easy to do it well, but it's fairly easy to understand it. And it's a lot easier than a lot of people would think. I'm completely self-taught just through reading books, doing experiments, watching YouTube videos.
0: Do you think this is something that you could keep doing for a long time? Is this, you know, sustainable?
1: That's a very good question. At the moment, we are building a hostel in Bali, which is going to have 80 beds, and this is where I'm now trying to pivot to creating other businesses and other um, revenue streams and things I'm really excited about. We're also creating a backpack made out of recycled ocean plastic we have our own um our own products that we're developing as well so um but the thing is with the site that i've got it's absolutely massive but the seo game does change pretty regularly so if i was to say to you oh this site is still going to be running in 20 years time but i really have no idea however i am sure that i can make enough money over the next three, four, five years to be able to run everything else for the foreseeable future.
2: That actually, I know Phil, you had a really good question, but uh, that was a really good point there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kim and I have this thing about <laughs> when we both high-five each other when somebody says that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you get a high-five for making today. a right. really good point. You um, came in, uh, in into the blogging space at a time when not every man and his dog, as the saying goes, was doing it. What's next for bloggers in the next 10 to 15 years? How do you see this space evolving?
1: I think that there'll be a ton of evolution in the next five years. I think 10 to 15 years is too long a period to look at. I couldn't answer that question. But in the next three to five years, two things are going to happen. The first is that Google is going to change its algorithm so that it caters a lot more for voice search, and that is going to completely change how information is served to people who are searching for it. And secondly is more and more bloggers will continue to move into the video space, uh, which which is a good thing to do from a future-proofing your business point of view because Google is also now starting to prioritise uh, video results in its search results. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the future of blogging looks like. But I think that um, any blogger who wants to build a big business needs to focus on putting out quality content and really sticking to one or two mediums. You can't do everything if you're trying to do Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit writing blog posts, creating YouTube videos, all you're gonna do is create a lot of very weak content. I think it is better to choose your favorite one or two mediums and just to focus on excelling on those. You
0: know, I've looked into affiliate marketing schemes from time to time, for, you know, related to my job here. And one of the things I find about it, and interested in your take on this is a lot of affiliate marketing is about teaching other people to do affiliate marketing which I think is an indication that that's quite a underdeveloped industry and I, th- and I think there's potential for it there to move beyond eating its own tail, if you know what I mean, in that circular way and sort of affiliate marketing really starting to take off. What do you reckon?
1: I think that people who are selling uh, courses or resources on how to make money from affiliate marketing are not qualified to teach how to make money from affiliate marketing because they are simply – I mean, I mean, I, I know people who are making millions of dollars a month for affiliate marketing, and those people are not telling anybody. They're keeping their mouths quiet because that, is the, that is what you would do in that situation, right? Um, the people who are the loudest in this space and the people who are trying to sell the most expensive, thorough, up-to-date resources – Usually don't know what they're talking about. Um, so there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of courses out there. There's a lot of influencers out there. There's a lot of high end bloggers who shall remain nameless out there who are attempting to sell subpar resources to people who want to learn how to make money online.
0: Did you just say millions a month? Yes. <laughs> Can we do
1: it later, <laughs>
0: offline? <laughs> this
2: is uh, this is where I'd like to be on in person with you. I used to play this game with my brother where I'd get get him down and sit on him. Or well, no, he used to do it to me. He'd get me down and sit on sit then, on me and then pretend to spit on and then you. try to spit on me until I spilled the answer. It might have been what was in the cupboard for Christmas or something like that. So we could do that. We yeah, could we do could. That to do.
0: Yeah, we'd have got Kim <laughs> sitting on top of you and spitting on you until we got those. Names yeah, from so
2: me. we'll fly over to Bali. Not an issue. <laughs> 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 Will, once you get this... this
1: yeah, sounds good. Get a couple of drinks in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get this project up and running, are you going to remain hands-on? If we were to call you and say six months or whatever the timeline is for it to be finished up and established, would you be able to answer questions about it or would you be handballing us to somebody else? Are you going to be hands-on?
1: Basically, the way that I work is I, I'm involved in nine different projects now and, and the way that I work is I always choose a partner and then I do all of the strategy. I usually provide most of the funding. I do all the marketing, I do all the branding. And our person is boots on the ground. So I've got a 50-50 partner in this hostel, and they are the person who is on site every day. Um, but I will definitely be available to answer questions and to have a drink there. Uh, I'll be doing all the branding, all the marketing, making sure it's full 100% of the time. That's basically my role. Um, so yes. Yeah. Well, you better tell us the name of the joint then. Have you got a name yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, the name of the chain, because we're planning on doing several of them, is Tribal Hostels. Um, And this one is Tribal Pereranan, which is the uh, area in Bali where it's being
0: built. While we're talking about, you know, crystal ball gazing and talking about the future, what do you think the future of travel is going to to look like in the next few years as well? I know there's a bit of pressure on it at the moment, um, you know, flight shame and what have you, and there's there's certainly some pressure on the often wastefulness of it. How how do you feel about that?
1: Um, It's a really good question. I think that especially uh, the new generation of backpackers that are coming up through the ranks now do care more about um climate and the environment and um having more of an authentic travel experience so what that is meaning is that you're getting countries like iran pakistan kyrgyzstan places where when i was traveling around these places four or five years ago when i first started to go there was nobody there at all But now, places like that are becoming more and more popular because there's less people there. They can get off the beaten track and have these awesome um, experiences, which, you know, 10 years ago were standard to travel. You could go anywhere and you'd have these genuine interactions with locals and you'd get a chance to soak up part of the culture. But it isn't like that now because a lot of people, when they travel, they just stay behind their phones the whole time. They're more interested in Instagramming what's going on and actually diving into it and experiencing it. And I think that's really sad, but I do think that um, luckily a lot more people are starting to take an interest in stepping away from that kind of travel and going to places like Pakistan and Iran, rich cultures where you can have these amazing experiences and not be surrounded by thousands of uh, backpackers. Hopefully that kind of answers the question. Yeah, Yeah, it does. In
2: fact, uh, curiously, a lady from Iran linked in with me and I checked out her profile and she runs a a uh, tour company for females to Iran, and I'm now following her on Instagram, and that place looks
1: stunning. Oh, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Ali. I can't recommend it enough. It's also, funnily enough, I think it's probably the safest country I've ever been to. It feels very, very safe, and it, it is very, very safe. I mean, there's very rarely anything that goes wrong in Iran. It's, um, it's a very safe place, especially when you compare it to the rest of um, the Middle East. But I mean, it's like statistically, it's safer in the States. It's safer in Europe. You're more likely to get shot or run over in the States or Europe than you are in Iran. Um, And it's just, it's just an absolutely beautiful place with incredible hospitality and so much variation in landscapes. I'll be honest, when I went, I was quite naive and was expecting there to be, like, lots of sand and lots of camels. I didn't see a single camel the entire time I was there. I've never seen a camel in Iran. I've been to Iran five times. But there is, you know, there's jungles, there's mountains, there's epic coastline, epic beach, rock formations. It's it's a very, very cool, very, very diverse country.
0: It's not as strict as it used to be, and it's much more relaxed.
1: Yeah, so the the interesting thing about Iran is that um, the... Government, which is obviously a dictatorship, uh, is pretty strict. But the uh, the people are some of the most liberal I've ever met, and uh, Iranians tend to be very well educated, very open to discussing ideas, and in a lot of ways, pretty westernised. It's just most of these interactions and conversations tend to happen behind closed doors rather than out in the street.
0: How did you get into it, or what was so
1: my first trip? I was uh, nineteen. And I went out to Central America, and then I promptly injured myself and spent uh, about three weeks in hospital where I was going to have my leg amputated. Luckily, I had travel insurance, for Yahoo! real. My uh, hospital bills were covered. <laughs> um, and then I uh, I ended up spending about a year recovering from that. What what cause, like physically recovering? I was I was badly injured. So what what that meant was. I kind of had this whole uh, life being turned on its head experience and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life anymore because I, I was going to join the army there. Instead, once I was able to, I hitchhiked out to India and I spent a couple of years there and I just kind of kept going from there and I started writing and I started writing for the BBC uh, for a bunch of our publications and it just kind of grew from there really.
2: How did you injure yourself?
1: Yeah, well, I was trekking. I was trekking through the jungle in Costa Rica and I ended up with a very small cut in my foot, which I ignored, which was very foolish of me. And uh, two, two days later, because I had continued to ignore it, I had a, a, a seriously bad infection, which then moved into my bloodstream, into my lymphatic nodes. And my whole leg was a complete mess. But not to put people off traveling, because well, I suppose that could do, but not to put people off traveling, that, that was how I ended up traveling um, long term because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in my life and I found that when I was on the road I had the opportunity to uh to experiment with different you know different personalities different character traits how I wanted to live my life what was important to me explore different values meet new people experience different cultures Uh, for me uh, whilst I was traveling that was the, the greatest bout of uh, personal development that I ever had. I, I felt it was a really awesome opportunity to get out there and meet new people, see new points of view. And I suppose, uh, for lack of a cliche term, to find oneself. Mm-hmm. So that was why I was travelling for so long.
2: I like you, Will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, look, we, we look forward to toasting that uh, Bali hostel with you.
1: Yes, for sure. You definitely swing on down. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's a digital nomad co-working hostel, so the whole of the bottom floor is all open plan with loads of nooks and crannies where people can work away. Amazing pool, amazing bar, complete with the Wheel of Destiny, which if you spin it, you may end up, using an article of clothing or you may get a free drink. That <laughs> has
2: to, that's Friday night drinks sorted. That's great. You're an inspiration on every I'll, level, mate.
0: Yeah, we're on the way up there right now. We're going to set up the podcast studio
1: <laughs> for you there. Okay. Fantastic. I'm here. I'm here. Come on down.
2: Well, we may just do that, Will. Seriously. Yeah. A link to the Broke Backpacker in show notes with further tips and details on tribal hostels and Will's plan to use recycled plastics as key components in their construction. In fact, if it's not on his site, Phil, I'm going to go so far as to say it's not worth <laughs> knowing.
0: <laughs> I can't believe how much money some of these guys are making out of it. I
2: know. I know. Ka-ching, ka-ching.
0: Uh, okay. Look, uh, we'll also have a link to our partner program where you can you know try and do what Will has done as well. And next episode, we're going to explore Jordan.
2: See you then. for now. Amazing
0: nomads. Be inspired.